Take your Bibles and turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. We'll be there momentarily. I want us to take a moment and pray for a sister church here in town, Harvest Church. They had a terrible thing happen with uh, their members. Bill Garner, there was a plane crash. Bill Garner, church's executive vice president, or really associate pastor. Steve Tucker, who was an elder there, who used to be a deacon here, who was on the pastor search committee that called me here. Tyler Patterson and Tyler Springer, I believe both of those are young men in their 30s, had a crash in Texas, and uh, all four of them were killed. And Kenan Vaughn, the pastor of Harvest Church, was seriously injured, and he is in San Antonio in the hospital there. So would you join me in praying for them right now? You just pray out loud, be fine. And just pray for Harvest Church today. I know that it's got to be hard, especially today. Our Father, we thank you that, Lord, in your eyes, we're all one body in Christ. And Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters today who are grieving the loss there at Harvest Church of Bill Garner, Steve Tucker, Tyler Patterson, and Tyler Springer. Lord, we pray for those families, and we pray that you would encourage them and strengthen them today. We pray for our friend, Kenan Vaughn. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would heal him. I pray, dear God, for Kenan, that you would just, Lord, bless the doctors, bless all the care that he's receiving there in San Antonio. But above all that, Lord, lay your healing hand upon him. Bless them as they have the services and funerals and as they go forward. Bless whoever it is that's preaching there today, Lord God, on their staff. Fill him with your Holy Spirit and minister your peace to that church and that family of faith. We pray it that you'll do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, say amen. 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 Today is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. Fifty years ago this month, Roe versus Wade was passed by the Supreme Court of the United States. It legalized abortion. And praise the Lord, six months ago, Roe versus Wade was overturned. But now... At least, over the last 50 years, at least 30 to 40 million unborn living children were killed via abortion. And today, pro-life, anti-abortion churches like Bellevue Baptist Church, and we are pro-life, anti-abortion. That's where we are as a church. Amen. The pro-life churches celebrate the overturn of Roe versus Wade, but we also know that the pro-life battle will be fought now in every state. And we must elect pro-life anti-abortion politicians. 
And we're grateful today on this wonderful day, Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, that we have several ministries outside in the hallway that I hope that you'll go by and see. Life Choices, Morning Center, Confidential Care, Memphis Coalition for Life, One by One, and Bellevue's Orphan Care Ministry. Please try to go by and see these friends and step up in the fight against abortion. And I think it's the sovereignty of God that on the day that we celebrate human life in the womb, that we also have a sermon on parenting. Only God could have done that. I didn't, I'm not that smart, okay? It just all kind of happened. And we're in a series called Train Yourself for Godliness. And we looked on January the 8th at a godly Christian and his faith. We looked at Genesis 22 when God said to Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac at Mount Moriah, the same place where Jesus would be crucified. And we know that God didn't want him to sacrifice Isaac. He just wanted to know that Abraham loved him even more than his child. And he passed the test with his great faith. Last week, we looked at a godly Christian and his family, and we focused on marriage. Marriage is not easy. Four or five amens, the rest of you are cowards, all right. But anyway, <laughs> it is not easy. It is a tool for sanctification, I'll tell you that. It'll make you more like Christ. And uh, we talked about marriage last week. And now this week, we're going to talk about a godly Christian and his family, and we're going to look at parenting. Last week in Colossians 3, we look at verses 18 and 19. I'll read those again, but we're going to focus today on verses 20 and 21. Wives, be subject to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Do not be embittered against them. Now, here's where we start today. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, and he's talking about parents, do not exasperate your children so that they do not lose heart. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, and if that's your prayer, say amen. If you are a child today, God wants you to be a godly child. Be a godly child. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Be a godly child. And one of the ways you can do that, according to this text, is obey your parents. Obey your parents. That focuses on actions. Be obedient, the Bible says, to your parents. 
To be obedient means to hearken and to heed, to listen to your parents and to obey them. And notice it is a categorical command in all things, not just in what you think is good, but it points to the fact that the father and mother are in the position of authority over the child. And that's for protection. It's not just to lord it over a child. It's to have an umbrella of divine protection. Parents, I want to say this to you. Yes, you want to be friends with your children, but that is not your primary goal. Your primary goal is to be a parent, not to be a good friend. It's great to be friends with your kids, but I want to say this to you. They need more than that. They need leadership. And they need you to be a figure of authority, which is God-ordained. Your child must come under your leadership. Too many homes are led by children. Do you hear what I just said? Too many homes are led by children. Married couples, your marriage comes before your children. You need to love your spouse. Yes, you need to love your children. But the children don't come first. Your marriage does. And your children will benefit from that if you'll do it God's way. Paul was not suggesting occasional obedience from children. He was suggesting, yea, he was demanding continual obedience. Christian parents must never be unreasonable, should never be unjust, and they should never abuse their children. But godly parents do have the right to expect respect from their children as long as they live under their roof. Did you hear what I just said? If you're in college and you're under their roof, you're still to respect them. Unless the parents tell the child to sin, they're to obey their parents in all things. And I believe this is the reason America has become as vile as we are. We have allowed children to misbehave, and we have taken the children's side in school, nowadays, parents take the children's side instead of the teacher's side. And when they do, they undermine the authority of the teacher. And that's wrong. I can tell you this. When my dad took me to school and went to meet the teacher, he just looked them in the eye and said, if he does anything wrong, you spank him and then send him to home and I'll do it again. There was no question about who was in authority. The teacher was. My father was. You say, oh, you were abused. No, I wasn't abused. I was raised right. I was raised right. Paul reiterated Colossians 3.20 and Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents. 
in the Lord. For this is right. Now, if you are a grown child and you've not married and you're out on your own, you must still honor your parents, but you don't have to obey them. If you're on your own, you don't have to do everything they say. But if you are a single and you are living in your parents' house and you are breathing their air conditioning (laughs) and you are eating their food, and you are on their dime, you still, I don't care if you're 50 years old, if you don't want to obey them, go get a job and go get a house and go do what you need to do. But if you are in their home, it's not your home, it's their home. You okay? (laughs) Amen. Even if you're in college, you don't have the right to rebel against your family, your parents. Obey them with a good attitude. If you do, God will bless you. If you don't, I'm telling you, God will discipline you. He will. Obedience must be taught and expected by every parent, and it must be learned by every child. It's not easy because all of us are born with a sinful, selfish nature. We want to do what we want to do the way we want to do it. We don't want anybody telling us what to do. We don't even like red lights telling us what to do, (laughs) much less people. But our children must be submissive and they must be followers of their parents. Children, I'll give you three ways to obey your parents immediately. Do what they say and do it now. Entirely. Do all that they say and then some. Respectfully. Do it with a good attitude. If you'll be a godly child, you need to obey your parents. That's actions. Now, another thing about being a godly child is you need to not only obey your parents, but you need to honor your parents. Honor your parents. And that focus is more on an attitude. How many of you know that people can get a bad attitude? Anybody know that? Some of y'all are getting a bad attitude right now just stop it if I say anything unscriptural correct me if I say something scriptural don't get a bad attitude Ephesians 6 2 through 3 honor your father and mother say that with me honor your father and mother and then parenthetically it says which is the first commandment with a promise out of the ten so that it may be well with you, there's the promise, and that you may live long on the earth. Proverbs 30, verse 17, the eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley. How do you like that? And eaten by the vultures. In other words, death follows that kind of disrespect 
and disobedience. That's what he's talking about. A child is more likely to honor his father and mother when the parents seek to live for Jesus and do the right thing. Parents should live in a way that they deserve honor and respect. And parent, if you live a sinful, rebellious life and you neglect the priority of parenting, you make it hard for your child to express honor to you. A grown child who's away from home, out on his own, can still and should still honor his parents. You say, how can I honor my parents? Go see them. Visit them. Call them. Talk with them. Have them over if you're able to for a meal. Send them a card. Send them a gift on special occasions. Talk kindly to them in front of your children especially. And never talk negatively about your parents or your in-laws to your children. Never do that. You do that and I'll guarantee you, God will see to it that you will reap what you sow. And one of these days, your children and their spouses will do it to you. Amen. Think about that. You can also honor your parents after they die. Never, ever talk negatively about your dead parents. No matter what they did. Don't do it. They can't defend themselves. Why would you do that? Take flowers to their grave periodically. I know that it's just me, but I can hear my mother saying, I need some new flowers up here, buddy. And I get in the car and I take them up there to Dyersburg. Tell the good stories about your parents to your children. Don't tell the bad. Don't. If you can't say something good, zip your lip. Don't say anything. If your parents have hurt you, forgive them. And if you do, maybe one of these days your children will forgive you. Because you're going to mess up too. Children, if you want to be a godly child, do these things. Obey your parents and honor your parents. Now let's talk about being a godly parent. This is not the kind of sermon, by the way, that you do a lot of loud talking. I find that people receive it a little bit easier, maybe just a tad easier, when you're a little bit gentle on the tone, all right? I'm doing my best. <laughs> Be a godly parent. Verse 21 in Colossians 3. Read it with me, please, from the screen. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart. I always wondered, I felt a little exasperated sometimes <laughs> when my daddy would spank me, but I wasn't. I encourage you to be a godly parent and encourage your child. 
children today are under such pressure, especially with their cell phones, oh my. Do not let your child have an unmonitored cell phone. Don't do it. Don't let them sleep with their cell phone in their room at night because they won't sleep. They'll be on their phone. Don't do that. Don't be foolish. Don't do those things. Be a godly parent. Encourage your child. Colossians 3.21 Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart. That word, don't exasperate, it's a present imperative verb. That means you do it present. You do it continually. Imperative, it's a command. It's something you do. Don't exasperate them. That's the negative way to say it. It is said positively in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 2. That word is translated to stimulate. That's the positive thing. Stimulate your children. Don't exasperate them. Stimulate them. Colossians 3.21, that negative connotation. Don't nag your children. Don't pester your children. Don't do that. Don't belittle your children. Encourage them. Put courage in them so that they will not lose heart, so they won't become discouraged and down. Again, Paul said a similar thing in Ephesians 6 verse 4. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. One of the best quotes I've ever heard outside of Scripture on this particular aspect is this. Josh McDowell said, rules without relationship equals rebellion. You try to tell kids what to do, but you never interact with them, they're going to rebel 100% of the time. Rules without relationship equals rebellion. Now, I said a while ago, you don't need to be your child's buddy-buddy. You need to be their parent, but you can be their friend. And you can spend time with them and be kind to them and love them. Parents, you can be strong and loving at the same time. Don't pick fights with your children. That's not fair. They need a leader. They don't need a tyrant. Don't try to parent by intimidating your children. Bathe them in genuine Christ-like love. God doesn't treat you that way. Don't you treat them that way. Now, sometimes you're going to have to exercise tough love. You'll have to love them so much, your children, that you refuse to allow them to engage in sinful behavior. But even in those tough times, never stop loving your children. I like to say that love is the lubricant that keeps a family running smoothly. Encourage them with your presence at special events. I don't know, only heaven knows how many ball games Don and I have been to. Not only of Grant, but also our daughters were cheerleaders. And we went to every ball game. <laughs> every ball game. And we're trying to make the grandkids now. 
There's so many of them. <laughs> and if they get very much more active, we're just going to have to quit. Do that all the time. But it's really neat. I can remember my dad was a quiet man. I'll never forget when I was playing football. He was always there. And every once in a while, I'd look over in a little place off of the practice field, and he'd be standing there watching me practice. He didn't know anything about football. He had to quit school in the ninth grade to go to work because of the depression. He was the man of the house. His daddy was sick. He plowed behind a mule when he was nine years old. But my daddy loved me enough to be there. And I still am grateful for that. That encouraged me. Encourage your children verbally. Tell them you're proud of them. Tell them that you love them. Don't make them wonder. Let them hear these words. I love you. I love you. You don't have to do anything. I just love you because you're my child. Forgive them when they repent. Take them to Dairy Queen and get them a blizzard. <laughs> be a godly parent. Encourage your children. Another way to be a godly parent is to teach your child. And there are several ways to do that. You can teach your child, again, through loving discipline. The Bible says that in Proverbs 13, 24, he who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. Proverbs 19, 18, discipline your son while there is hope and don't desire his death. I want to give you very quickly seven guidelines for disciplining children. First of all, discipline lovingly, lovingly. Don't discipline using a harsh tone. Don't be ill-tempered. Stay calm, but stay firm. Discipline instructively. There's a lesson to be learned. Let the child know what they did wrong and why they must not do it again. Discipline consistently. Don't bend the rule for your child, even if it's the seventh child and you are worn out. <laughs> Consistency is crucial. Discipline quickly. Do it as soon as you can. Don't let a lot of time between the offense and the discipline. Don't let a lot of time be in the, in the middle of that. It reinforces the rule. Discipline calmly. You don't have to yell. You don't even have to be mad when you discipline them. Just be calm. Discipline firmly. Even if your child is making every excuse in the world, if they're guilty, if they're disobedient, if they're defiant, don't refrain. Do it firmly. And then discipline appropriately. Do not abuse your child with discipline emotionally or physically. Sometimes you're going to have to spank them, especially when they're younger. But that doesn't mean beating them. I'm not talking about that. 
But the Bible is pretty clear on it. Proverbs twenty-two fifteen: Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. That is, children have sinful hearts and the rod of discipline will remove it far from them. Proverbs 23, 13 and 14, don't fail to correct your children. They won't die if you spank them. Physical discipline may well save them from death. Don't spank them for minor offenses. Don't spank them when you're angry. And never spank an infant, ever. It should never turn into abuse. And once they repent, give them total forgiveness. Don't throw it up to them down the road. Teach your children through loving discipline. You also teach your children through biblical instruction. Deuteronomy 6 is one of the greatest texts in the Bible on parenting, verses 6 through 9. These words, which I'm commanding you today, shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them these words diligently to your sons or your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. That's the word of God you're talking about. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 4, Fathers, bring your children up in the instruction of the Lord, the teaching of the Lord. Plant thoughts of God's word in their mind. The primary teaching method is verbal, it's words. Talk with your children. Talk with them, listen to them, talk with them and insert the word of God as you dialogue with your children. Talk about the Bible with your children. Don and I went to the funeral yesterday in Jackson, Tennessee of one of our mentors, Miss Elizabeth Newman. She was in her 90s and she was a woman of God. God used her in Donna's life especially at a really important time. You may not know it, but Donna at one time had a fear of speaking in front of people. And Miss Elizabeth prayed over her and she was totally set free instantly. And you know what? She is not afraid to speak in front of people today. All right? And I mean that in a good way. But that sweet woman lived in her Bible. And she had four, I believe it was. They had four of her Bibles out there. They were all four worn out. I'm talking about leather Bibles. I want to say this to you. You find a Bible that is coming apart, the owner is not. You remember that. Teach your children. Look for moments when you can instruct them with the Word of God. Take time to read the Bible with your children at bedtime or sometime. Teach your children through loving discipline and through biblical instruction. And then a godly parent will train your child. Train your child. Train your child through constant example. Train up 
a child, Proverbs 22, 6 says, in the way he should go. And even when he's old, he won't depart from it. You want me to scare you a little bit? Notice I smiled. Your children are going to act like you act. That should scare some of you. They're going to drive like you drive. They're going to talk like you talk. They're going to live like you live. They're even going to eat like you eat. Train your child through constant example and then train your child through practical demonstrations. Constant example, but then practical demonstrations. Train your child by example. Train your child to mow the yard. If you have children, don't get somebody else to mow your yard. If you don't have children, get somebody else to mow your yard. It's one of the sweetest sounds I hear is somebody else mowing my yard. It puts me to sleep every time. The guy in Alabama had to do it at 7 o'clock on Friday morning. That's my day off. He said, Brother Steve, that's the only time. I said, it won't bother me a bit. Mow away. But you take your kids. Train them how to mow the grass. Train them how to make their bed and expect them to do it. Train them how to clean up after themselves, especially their room and their house. You don't need a maid if you've got children. You say, oh, you're cruel. No, I'm, I'm just, man, you know, they're, they're on your dime. I mean, let them earn a little bit of it. Amen? Vacuum. I promise you, their arm will not fall off. Get them to mop and do dishes. and Yeah. Really? Really? Train them how to t read the Bible, how to pray, how to share the gospel. Train them how to work. Man, get your kids out there and let them do some work. And please, train your boys how to shake a man's hand. My soul. I go up sometime and shake somebody's hand. I feel like I just... Grabbed a wet fish, you know, a dead fish or something. Come on, man. Shake the hand, you know. You say, oh, you're macho. No. But I am a man. And if they like it, teach your children how to hunt and fish. And whether they like it or not, set boundaries on cell phone usage. Do you hear what I said? I don't know how you think you can let your child have their phone at night charging next to their bed and you think they're not on the internet at night, late in the night. Do you really think that? I think what Grant does, 
what other children, our other children, they take all the phones up at bedtime and charge them in their rooms. They don't give our, and our grandchildren are really getting, they're, they're getting older, but their little phones can only do certain things and they've got all these monitors on them. He said, that's cruel. They don't trust their children. It's not that. It's just that they understand that a telephone is way more dangerous than a gun. Would you hand a 12-year-old a loaded pistol? No, this is a lot more deadly than a loaded pistol. They can see things on this and they can get past the stuff that you put on there. Take these things up and don't give it to them till later age and take them up at night. Even if they get upset and poach their lip out from here to Mississippi. <laughs> take it up. Take it up. Teach them how to wash clothes, dry clothes, and iron clothes. Teach them how to shine their shoes at least once in a while. Teach them how to say yes, sir, and no, ma'am. Teach them how to cook. Teach them to dress and train them to dress modestly and train them how to drive. Please train them how to drive. <laughs> and train them to respect people in authority. Adults, teachers, principals, law enforcement officers. Train your children to tithe to their church. And train your children regarding finances, how to budget, how to pay bills, how to save for the future. Take them through Dave Ramsey's material. Train your children. Bellevue, get ready to Write something down or take a picture of what I'm about to give you, okay? You said you told us to put our cell phones down. Well, put, pick it up just for a minute. <laughs> Bellevue provides resources. We also give midweek classes on parenting. Access all of them. Go to bellevue.org forward slash family. And then one of the resources you're going to find there is navigating your child's digital life. Take a picture of that. By our own Jay Stevenson. That one message is a must. I encourage you to watch it, listen to it online, just text the word digital to 901901 and you'll get that. Parents, monitor your children's cell phones. That's training them. Show them how to do it. Christian parenting is tough, but it's worth the investment. It's worth it. God will help you. And I want to say this, there is no perfect parent, Don and I, now she may be, but I'm not. 
But really, she's not either. She would say that. Nobody's perfect. But I'll tell you that if, if, it, if, you, if you just hear one thing, if you don't know everything there is to be about parenting, look at me, look at me. Show up. Be there. Can't be there always. But you can't be all gone all the time and be a good parent. You can't. You got to show up. You got to be there. I've turned down many a preaching engagement to watch a ballet recital. I've turned down a lot of things. I'm not the perfect dad. But my children know that I love them. When I was a senior in high school, a guy named Harry Chapin wrote a song. My child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way. But there were planes to catch, bills to pay. My son learned to walk while I was away. And as he was talking, before I knew it, as he grew, he said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When are you coming home, Dad? I don't know when, but we'll get together then, son. You know, we'll have a good time then. My son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today. I have a lot to do. He said, that's okay. And he walked away, but his smile never dimmed. He said, I'm going to be like him. You know, I'm going to be like him. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home, Dad? I don't know when. Son, we'll get together then. You know we'll have a great time then. He came home from college just the other day. So much like a man, I just had to say, Son, I'm proud of you. Can you sit for a while? He shook his head and said with a smile, What I'd really like, Dad, is to borrow your car keys. I'll see you later. Can I have them, please? And the cat's in the cradle. Silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home, son? I don't know when, but we'll get together then, Dad. You know, we'll have a good time then. I've long since retired. My son's moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you, if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, if I could find the time. My new job is a hassle. Our kids have the flu. Oh, but it's sure nice talking to you, Dad. It's sure nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, 
it occurred to me. He'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home, son? I don't know when. But we'll have a good time then, Dad. We'll have a really good time then. There's no perfect parent. There's no perfect child. There's no perfect family. Don't believe everything you see on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You only see what people want you to see. A lot of that is a charade. No one has it all together, even if they think they do. I can tell you I don't have it all together, and Donna would tell you the same thing. Neither one of us have it all together. We pray a lot. We made mistakes. We did some good things. But if you'll just look up and pray, and if you'll show up for your kids, God will help you to be an effective parent. Aren't you grateful for the grace and the help of Almighty God, even in parenting? Let's thank the Lord for him today. Amen. Amen.